tape in front of a live audience. Then I can turn it to John and he can edit it. You think it's close enough to hear us good? Yeah, it can hear us good. All right. All right? <laughs> <laughs> no, John got the, I got the uh, thing so I can change the audio. Remember that kid that was at the store the other day? What? At the Wonder Bar, he gave me that new equipment. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hello, people. Welcome to the Rock Show um, episode 19, right? Is it I 19? Think, I think it is, yeah. Jesus Christ, I gotta look at my notes, because... Yeah. Like we'll everything right else, like... No, this is episode... Yeah, 19. 19? Holy shit, yeah. Man. I think I time travel again. That's around the guy from the guy from the Simpsons. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, we got that, that topic coming up. So today we got a special guest. Yep. Um, introduce yourself. Hello, my name is Adriana. I'm the lead singer of The Broken Time Machine. And hello. And you bartend? <laughs> yes, I bartend at The Hard Swallow every day of my life. Yes. <laughs> and it's a very good boy. Yeah. And like always, the infamous Michael Rock. How you doing, Mike? Michael Rock or Rock of Mike? Rock of Mike. Jesus Christ, I get a bad boy. <laughs> You're like retarded. I am. It's so early. It's okay. You know what it is? I got pretty dumped up yesterday, so everything yes, is, everything yes. is reversed. Okay. Oh, you saw me? Uh, yeah. <laughs> when? Uh, you came for the hard swallow. Oh, I don't remember. See, time traveling. He doesn't even remember. <laughs> All right. That's well, what you call lumped up. We've been, we've been trying to get this together for a few weeks now. Adriana, like you said, she's the singer of Broken Time Machine. So in a little while, we're going to talk about her band. Uh, but today's show is about Patti Smith. Uh, it's something I've been putting together for a while. And uh, I guess we'll start, right? Yeah. Um, Patti Smith, well, born yeah, well, December 30th, 1946 in Chicago. Yeah. Yes. Just like you. Yes. Right? Not 1946. Not 1946. When you were born in Chicago. <laughs> I knew that. But knew you that. are from Chicago. Yes, yes. I am. Yes. The yes. mean street of Chicago. The mean streets. <laughs> now, she moved to New Jersey at the age of four. And as a young kid, she was always interested in music. Uh, her parents were very supportive of that. They got her Bob Dylan records. She was interested in Harry Belafonte. Yeah, there was something like about one of the influences was Harry Belafonte is something, uh, Beat Something. What was the name of the song? Well, he was like Calypso music. Yeah, Calypso you know? music. And uh, like I said, her parents were very supportive. Uh, she went, ended up going to uh, what was called Glassboro State College. It's now called Rowan University in New Jersey. Um, after she graduated from there, she moved to New York City and she got a job in a bookstore. And she met the famous photographer, Robert Maplethorpe. Yeah, Maplethorpe. And this guy would be probably one of the most important people she life. ever met in her life. Yeah. Um, you know that they finally they fulfilled that promise. She promised him that when she could, they would write a book together. Yeah. And they actually wrote yeah, a they book did. together. Yeah, they did. They did. I think it's cool. I got some notes on that because... I hate to shit on Patti Smith, but she's not one of my favorite artists. <laughs> and I can tell you that I, right I, now. I, I, I understand where you're coming from. You know? Yeah. But she wrote, she wrote a book with him, and it was something called, it's something about kids. It's called, Just like, kids. Eight, Judge Kids. Well, she, she with that book, yeah. and we'll get into it in a little bit, she uh, basically kind of set the record straight on her relationship with him and what went on in the yeah. 70s. Uh, it was an intense relationship. Um... The guy was a fantastic photographer. Yeah. If you look at the, oh, the, fir yeah. the first yeah. four or five album covers of her, of her work, he, he did all that. I mean, they're the classic album covers. 
He's coming in the back. Yeah. I'm in the middle of um, But Maplethorpe was a guy that would, uh, you know, struggle with his sexuality. And uh, that would be a problem in their relationship, obviously. Uh, you know, they go back and forth for a while. But she stayed friends with him until his death in 1989. Um, but going back, uh, she had just met him in the late 60s. And in 1969, she decides to leave New York City for a little while, and she goes to Paris with her sister, and she's going to do some performance art. Uh, it, it, it didn't go exactly the way she planned. She came back later in the year, and she moved in with Maplethorpe at the Chelsea Hotel. And the two of them became uh, very much regulars at Max's Kansas City. Dude, that and Chelsea Hotel had some people oh, in there. Yes, yeah, I mean, did. especially in those days. <laughs> I'm just thinking yeah. about you had yeah. Psycho City, you had Nancy, you yeah. had these guys. Right. I mean, in the 60s, Bob Dylan stayed there. What uh, made that thing so, like... I ne you know, I never was understood. Cheap. I never... <laughs> no, it wasn't, though. See, it, it, it really wasn't. I, I know guys that, that, like, for instance, I know uh, Johnny Thunder stayed there for a yeah. while, for instance. And my buddy Rick Rivets, who was friends with him, Johnny Stay called him up and said, oh, I'm going to be at the Chelsea now. And Rick is like, why are you staying there? You can't afford that place. You know, I say, it always, I mean, even though you think it was cheap, for the time, it really wasn't. You know what? We, we should do a thing, an episode of the rock show for the Chelsea Hotel, how many people stay there, and yeah. just tell them. The let me tell you, I, I fixed the phone lines in the Chelsea Hotel, yeah. all right? And, and, and the basement is some scary shit. Right. And, I, and I've been, I've been, I've been in the basement, and I've been in some of the floors. Now they've renovated it, yeah, so I don't yeah, know how it looks. Right. This was a few years ago, but but some of the floors there, you, you, there's got to be ghosts in nah. that hotel. Oh, definitely. That, it has to be haunted. Oh, yeah. We can we, do a show on we that. We could do a we could do a combination show, conspiracy and the Chelsea Hotel. <laughs> that would be very cool. All right, so she was living there at the Chelsea with Maplethorpe, and. Um, she started getting into poetry. She was writing a lot of poetry, spoken word. She was doing the poetry project at St. Mark's Church, which still exists today, that poetry project. Yeah. They do it, I think, every New Year's. Um, she was in a play with Wayne County called Femme Fatale, and she began painting, writing, and also acted in the play with actor Sam Shepard called Cowboy Mouth. It was one night that she did with for that particular play. She only did one night, but it would turned into a years-long relationship she had with Sam Shepard. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, sometimes, I think there's actually some poetry she wrote about him, too. Um, okay. Now, it was during this period that uh, she was actually considered to be the lead singer of the Blue Oyster Cult. A lot the of people Blue don't know that. Yeah. Uh, she was actually hanging out with um, the keyboard player, Alan Lanier, and uh, a lot of the lyrics of some of those early Blue Oyster Cult stuff yeah, like were influenced by her poems. Debbie Denise, right? Yeah, Debbie Denise. Baby Ice Storm. Right, and Career of Evil. Career of Evil. Yeah, I mean, these were all... Fire of the Unknown. These origin. were all songs that, uh, that were inspired by her poetry. Yeah. So, a lot of people don't know that. Uh, there was another interesting thing. Her mother was a jazz singer. Yeah, I think she was. Her mother right. was, so her mother pretty much, Beverly, um, Beverly Smith was a waitress that they turned into, uh, that was a way that they turned dancing in the place she was waitressing. Yeah. And her dad was a guy named Grant Smith that he worked for 
Okay, what's up? I'm saying this for Honeywell. You know, Honeywell. Honeywell's is a big company. And now it's like the alarm company. Yeah, right, right, right. You know what? I guess she must have had some money, right? I think her family were like middle class, you know, blue collar type. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know, her mother was a jazz singer, but not really professional. Making a lot of money. But yeah, I think in those days it was like a different cause. Like you know, those people would see that pretty much like rock star. Like, yeah. You know. Jazz. So I mean, it was jazz. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But jazz had his moments and yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, thirties and forties and yeah. stuff. Jazz was huge. You make yeah. a lot of money. Um, she was involved with Alan Lanier, the keyboard player, the blue eyes the cult at the time and uh, there was like I said there was there was a time when she was considered the lead singer but she wanted to I think break out on her own yeah of course and in 74 she puts together the Patti Smith group yep. and it, that's Lenny Kay on guitar yeah Ivan Kryle on bass JD Doherty on drums and Richard Saul was playing Saul was playing piano uh, right off the bat they released a single called Hey Joe hey Joe and yeah. the backside was a song called Piss Factory Okay. Yeah. Now, I just want to mention something about Lenny Kay because he's, he's one of my favorite people from that time. Um, prior to him even being involved with Patti Smith, okay, he did a lot of like rock journalism. He was working in record stores in the West Village. He was like a guy on the scene. Um, he put together that Nuggets collection. I don't know if you've ever heard that. No, I never heard it's, that. It's a lot of like uh, the, the original Nuggets collection was a, I think it was one album of mid-60s garage rock. Okay. Now, in 70, I think 72 or 73 came out, and that stuff at the time was forgotten. If you look at the music of 73, compared to the music of 65 and 66, it was different worlds. And, I mean, this is like garage rock, singles, one-hit wonders, stuff like that. And he was very into that, this kind of like primitive rock and roll. Yeah. And this one record, Nuggets, uh, to me, personally, was a huge influence. Uh, back in the 90s, it would come out as a, it would be expanded into a four-album set. Okay. Okay, and uh, that definitely, for me, was like a, a mind-blowing thing, you know, life-changing thing as far as my musical taste went. Um, but Lenny was all over the place. He, Lenny has like rock and roll in his blood. Yeah. I've, I've met him. He's a, he's a great guy. Uh, he's, he's very friendly and he loves to talk about music. You can sit down and talk with him. Um, but she puts this band together with them. They release a single of Hey Joe. Now, everybody yeah. knows Hey Joe. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, being Patty being the way she was, she puts this spoken word intro yeah. to the beginning of it. And she's talking about Patty Smith. She's talking about Patty Smith and uh, not not Patty. I'm sorry, Patty Hurst. I'm sorry, yeah, Patty Hurst. <laughs> and she's talking about Patty Hurst and the whole SLA and her being kidnapped. And she's saying how you know when I see you there and your legs are spread and are you wondering if you're getting it by black revolutionaries and their women? <laughs> you know, it's like this whole like spoken word thing. It's like, holy shit. And then they cut into Hey Joe. Yeah. You know, and the other side is a song called Piss Factory. It's about how she worked in this factory and she hated it. And the only thing that, you know, basically got her through was the fact that she ended up shoplifting from a store one day a book on Arthur Rimbaud. <laughs> the famous French poet. Yeah. Okay, and uh, she was a big Rimbaud fan. So um, she also like cover of Vance Morris and Gloria. Well, yeah, on the first yeah. album. Yeah, I mean, we're going to get into that. Uh, 
74, they began playing CBGBs. Uh -oh. Right? And they were playing there all the time. Some other clubs too, Max's. And they would get signed right away by Arista. I mean, it really just, for her, it all flowed. Yeah. You know? 75. Who was that guy? Was that Seville Davis? Uh, Clive Davis. Clive Davis. Clive Davis. That's what it was. Yeah. Arista was a uh, sort of a disco label. Yeah, it you know? was. They had all kinds of shit, but they, you know, he he saw something in the band and gave them a shot. And in '75, they released the album Horses. Okay? Yeah. Now this is an amazing album. Uh, it was produced by the Velvet Underground's John Cale. Oh yeah, John Cale. That's right. right. And right off the bat, like you said, the first song, Gloria. Yeah, Gloria. Okay, by Van Morrison. And, but she added her little twist to it because she took a poem, a lyrics from a poem she wrote called Oath years earlier. Yeah. And she took a couple of lines from it and it starts out with, you know, Jesus died for somebody's sins, but, but not, not mine. But not mine. <laughs> Which was yeah. pretty controversial at the time. What year was that? 1974? 75. 75. 75. You know she also had a song that she wrote with the slapdick motherfucker Bruce Springsteen? Oh, oh, that's later. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. I'm sorry. I'm going to shit on that. I'm going to shit on it. Gonna, you, got, you got two more albums before that comes out. All right. Fuck that slapdick motherfucker. All right. So, um... Other songs for me that stand out on that album is uh, Redondo Beach, Free Money, and then the title track, Horses, yeah. you know. Um, you know what, I gotta say, I had heard that album, it's not a bad album. No, Maybe it's a great I, album. I don't like that, but that was a great first introduction it, it, album. It, 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 it really was. Even with the talking garbage. I hate her talk. I wish she would just stick a fucking but, pipe in her mouth and you shut know, up. It, you know, <laughs> the albums I don't mind, her spoken word shit. It's the live shit I can't stand. Oh. When you go see her live, she oh. goes on these rants, and it's like, all right, Patty, shut up already. Go you to know, the next song. She actually played the new Webster Hall with her. Yeah, she played two nights. Like the first nights. show. Two nights, yeah. Yeah. No, JC was, was the first show, and then Patty Smith was the next two shows. Yeah, but it was like, I, because I was shopping. Go? No, oh. I went shopping, because it was like right before Halloween, right? Yeah. And so I went to um fucking Halloween store over there, and the, the line Avengers. was around the block, and yeah. it's for her night. Yeah, yeah. All these, like, old hippies and shit. <laughs> yeah, that's what it would be. Yeah. Um, now you got to talk about the album cover. Okay, yes. uh, it was photographed by by Maple Thorpe, and that album cover was was groundbreaking. You yeah. had, a, you know, she was almost androgynous looking. Yeah. Okay. Uh, she's wearing a white man's button down shirt with a black tie, and you know it was open, you know, but it was she was looking almost yeah. manly, but like. To me, she reminded me on that album cover of like a female Keith Richards. Yeah. You know, that, that's to me what it reminded me of. Now they toured all over the fucking place with this album. They ended yeah. up going to Europe for the first time. And uh, they, they ended up playing with a lot of bands, punk bands that were just starting out. Yeah. Okay, so they were kind of right there in but the middle of it. I never could see her punk. I never no. could see her more no. like rock. She was more like a rock and roll, no. you know? She, she, she wasn't a punk. Pe a lot of people go in the punk category. Like She's like one no, of those people. I, 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 you know what it is? The, she's the, like the, a hybrid. Like a hybrid. The, the, the CBGB scene was different than the punk scene in Europe. Yeah. We've talked about this. You know, it, the, the European, UK scene was more, everybody was the same, more or less. The CBGB scene, everybody was different. I mean, the talking heads, you really wouldn't call punk. No. Okay, Patti Smith, you wouldn't. The Ramones, you would. 
Yeah, you know? no, but, but not not Patty, you know. No, she, Patty, you know, Patty was not. Patty fun. was, you know, a few years ahead of everybody, really. She was older than them. She was like thirty, you know, basically when they when she made it big. Um, but when they went to Europe and they opened for some of these punk bands, they started getting influenced by what they were hearing. And by October '76, they were going to come out with the second album. Now, this album is my favorite from her, and it's called Radio Ethiopia. Yeah, um, a lot of people might di di disagree with me with that. Uh, I, I feel it's it's their best album. Um, some for a long time it was kind of like forgotten in the bunch of the first couple albums, but over the years it's kind of come you know emerged on its own. I mean, it it had it's probably the most punk of her albums. Yeah, you know, like Ask the Angels that yeah, song. Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, Poppies, Pissing in a River, which is a great track. Uh, yeah, I mean, just for the title. Um, the title track, Radio Ethiopia. Yeah. Uh, great shit. I mean, she was all pumping, pumping my heart. You know, I mean, that's, that's an amazing tune. Um, a lot of people kind of forget that album, but I, that's one I listened to last night, you know, getting ready for the show. Oh, yeah. And I was like, yeah, this is the fucking shit. Well, yeah, who produced the album? Oh, that one. Oh, fuck, I forget. And we don't know I, gotta look that, I gotta look that up. Uh, I'll let you know. Um, God, I wish I could think of the top of my head. That album, she was, she was said, she always said it was most influenced by the MC5. Oh yeah. Okay, which would be foreshadowing of what would be to come, right? Yeah. yeah. Was she already or no? Not yet. Not yet. Right. She wasn't with Fred Smith yet. Who was she with? Because she made a She few was guys. with Maplethorpe and she was with Alan Lanier. Did she actually? I never thought she got with Maplethorpe. I thought they were more like friends. Anything that made me fool around? No, I mean, like if, you read, if you read Just Kids, there's, there's stuff in there. Yeah. They, 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 he, he was struggling with his sexuality, but he was still with the girls. Okay. You know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, whatever. Okay. You know. I don't know. Whatever, man. So. What do you think, huh? Patty and him uh, took guys down? I don't want to. I did it. Listen, in the, in the book, Please Kill Me, which is a fucking amazing book, there's a story in there about how she had sex with William Burroughs. Now, William Burroughs was like 30 years older than her at that point. Oh 40 God. years older than her or something like that. He was an old man. He had to be at least 40 years old. Dude, I, I gotta tell you something. I don't mean to get off the subject, but some motherfucker tried to try to fucking um. He fucking oh, how can you talk about David Boyd? Fucking um. Iggy Pop. Iggy Pop. He got on you because we were talking about that. But I and mean, I, and I say, everyone knows what that now. Right? What the fuck's wrong with you? You know what? Go oh, fuck your mother. Go fuck yourself. Really? And, yeah, I'm fucking like this. Oh, I wish I was I had such a fucking rant about this fucking his mother with my thing. Ripping. I, I ripped this guy a new asshole. Good. Yeah, he blocked me. He just blocked oh, me. Good. <laughs> good. Why, you can't talk about that? Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because you were so no you ever seen the gold line? Come on. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's so, you know how I got the guy? I mean, even if that's half him, true, you know? I saw him a clip of, I said, this is going. I saw him a clip of the fucking guy bagging it up. I mean, I, I don't want to think fine. about it, you know, but it happened. And that guy fucking lost his shit. He got fucked up. These guys are not gay, they're men. I said, you are very mistaken, you fuck. 
David Bowie fucked him. <laughs> and that produced a hell of an album. <laughs> two, two great albums. Two great albums. Maybe it was worth it. I don't know. Sorry to get off the album, but I had to tell you. All right. Just in case, that was last week. That was like two weeks just ago. Just in case you did it now. This yeah. is a guy named uh, some, Johnny 68. So if a guy named Johnny 68. <laughs> if you're watching. If he gives you shit, you know who it is now. Okay. Save the clip. <laughs> All right, let's get back to our topic. <laughs> Right. Now, Radio Ethiopia, they go back on tour, and in January of 77, she's at a, uh, a venue in Tampa, Florida, and she's dancing around and falls oh, off the stage. She broke her neck. Yeah, oh, she falls shit. off the stage, uh, breaks some vertebrae in her neck. Luckily, it wasn't, you know, paralyzing or anything, but it banged her up. She had to get uh, a long period off of physical therapy, and uh, she couldn't talk at that point. Oh yeah, so she had a, how long did that take? About a year, maybe a little oh, more. Shit, yeah, yeah. But in that time, she still recorded. They, they ended up in March of 78, they released the album Easter. Yeah. And this would be the breakout album, okay? Because the night. All right, because the night. Because that, the night. That, because, that, because that song broke into the, uh, the top 20, that album, you so know, let me ask sent you, them over the top. Is this the album that's, that was the, um, what was on the Billboard Top 100 number 13 in yes. 1978? Yes. Is that yes. the album? 78, yes. And then in the UK, it went as high as number five. five. Yep. Right? yep, yep, yep. They're always a little bit cooler, right? Huh? <laughs> when it comes to shit, you know, the English, right? Yeah. They always like, like they oh, take yeah. all cool shit no, and they, make it even cooler. They, no, but you know what it is? They just... I feel like I like a little bit, they got a little bit better music. I hate to say that, like they got, they still have better music. I think it's not that play. they have better music, they, they have better musical taste. That's, yeah, that's right? what You know, they, they'll, they'll, they'll look at I something. I didn't want to say that because I don't want to I mean, I want to shit on them too, but it's a fact, you know. <laughs> but the Ramon made it famous there before they made it here, actually. It took the Ramon a little time to get over here. They were famous here, but they actually did no, great over there. I mean, there. they were You're playing right. CBGBs here, but yeah. they were playing bigger but venues they, over they there. But they loved them over there, like Absolutely. they were like the main, like that. That's the main attraction. You got the fucking Ramon, and, and I think because the Ramon did so great in yeah. Europe, when they came back and they were better. Anybody that was associated with CBGBs was doing well. Over Look there. at that Blondie also was a lot bigger in uh, Europe well, than here. And, and well, Australia. Other than, other, I mean, you know, if you look at the order of things, probably the most successful bands to ever come out of CBGBs, Blondie would be number one. Yeah. Patty would be number two. Yeah. Talking Heads would be number three. Yep. Give or take, you know, and Ramon's probably number four as far as sales. Are we gonna do a talking head show, baby? No, no, <laughs> no, because no, it's fucking annoying. No. <laughs> I think we gotta do it. We can shit on them too. <laughs> all right, you know, look, if we do Patty Smith, we could do talking heads, but but I just no time soon. All right? <laughs> no, 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 no. This is where we run out of creative ideas. We do the fucking talking, talking We got we got so many bands. We got a lot of bands. So she would release Easter in March of '78, and uh, like I said, the, the the single "Because Tonight," which was co-written by Bruce Springsteen and her, okay, got as high as number thirteen in the Billboard chart. I hate fucking Bruce Springsteen. I, I hate that fucker too. He's an asshole. Yeah, yeah. You know what gets me? Um, and 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 Bruce Springsteen and, and and Billy Joel did this around the same time, and I hate these two motherfuckers. They right. This like with a fucking capital S, man. No, I, mean, they, I think they, they're the motherfucker of the week with the Brazil and fucking they, Como. They, for me, the two of them would always be the motherfucker of the week. But the thing is, is, is Springsteen really, really tried 
to kind of like infiltrate what was going on at CBGB's and Max's and stuff like that. When really he had nothing at all in common with these bands. Okay? And Billy Joel did it too. Okay, they okay. would go down to CBGB's and hang out. And it, 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 it's interesting because Springsteen, for instance, ends up involved with the Patti Smith recording. He also ends up on like a one song with uh, Lou Reed on the, the title track on Street Hassle. He does a verse of the title track, you know, and it's kind of like, what are you doing here, man? You got like nothing to do with this shit. No, nah, you're was, just trying uh, to like because it was like the next big thing they were well, trying yeah, to get in. A lot of yeah, but but, but it, I don't know. He to wanted me, it was like idea. He wanted, you know what? We were pretty much entertaining an idea and sound because I'm gonna do it, but I'm gonna do it better. This is my maybe, idea. Maybe maybe that's what it was. I I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I'm just biased because I think they're so overrated. The, the problem is a guy like him, God knows what he did to sell his soul to become a fucking star. Billy Joel definitely sold Oh, he sold his soul to... Because I don't understand how that guy is selling out every night at Madison Square Garden. That is... You I, know what? He, he almost got the record. You know who got, Billy the, got the record? Billy Joel, you know who it's got not the, him? You know who got the record for saying I'm Madison Square Garden a hundred and something times? A wrestler called Bruno Tomatino. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he's Believe it or not, job. look look it look it up in the record book. He sold out Madison Square Garden 181 times, wow. something like wow. that. Wow! I mean, and this is like back in the day that, when he was is like that the like, same Madison Square Garden or the old ones? The old one and the new one. Because yeah, remember, they moved later on. Right, yeah. right, right, right. So, I like this album, Easter. Yeah, it's a good album. Uh, some outstanding tracks for me are like "Till Victory," "The 25th Floor," and of course. The controversial rock and roll nigga. Oh yeah. Okay. Now, you know this song received no radio airplay because of the word. Oh, of course. But she was questioned about it, and basically, she just said the word means an outsider. She wasn't trying to be racial, whatever. No, that wasn't. Now, that was that was just the way the, the song was not the no, racial no. intent. I mean, if you listen to the word, yeah. she's not saying anything. Yeah. You know, derogatory. And it was around this time that she met Fred Sonic Smith yeah, Sonic from Smith. the MC5. Yeah. Okay. He yeah. was in the, the MC5 was done. He was in the Sonic Rendezvous band. Yeah. And uh, she was no longer involved with uh, Alan Lania from Blue Oyster Cult. And Sonic uh, Sonic Smith was very into poetry, so he was attracted to her, and it was that love of poetry that kind of like got them together. Well, I mean, you know, like yeah. when they got married, some people were like, "Oh, she just married him, so she would have to change for his his yeah, her for name." Yeah, that was actually a running joke. That was actually a running joke for a long time. Uh, she's one of the only people I ever heard of that pulled that off. I mean, you know, to change the monogram on your luggage, you know, or something like that. <laughs> All right. They so, had two kids, though, right? Yes, they did. Yeah. They would have two kids, uh, and that would be basically uh, her uh, her retirement. I mean, her semi-retirement that she would do. Um, before that, they would release the album Wave in 1979, and she would basically dedicate two songs to Fred, uh, Dancing Barefoot and the song Frederick. And they would marry shortly after that. Okay. They have a son, Jackson, named after Jackson Pollock. And in 1982, and that was in 1982, and then they have a daughter, Jessie, born in 1987. Now, during the 80s, she was in like a semi-retirement living in Michigan. She didn't record anything for most of the 80s. But in 1988, 
she recorded uh, the Dream of Life album. It's a bit of a comeback. Uh, Fred Sonic Smith and her wrote a song called People Have the Power, and she came back with that album, Dream of Life. Um, sadly, uh, thank you, sir. We're gonna cheers this. Cheers! Oh. We do get lumped up. We do during get the show. We do great during the cheers. show. Absolutely. Yeah, shit. Just rock and roll, man. That's right. <laughs> Drugs and rock um, and roll. Sadly, sadly, Fred Sonic Smith would pass away in November of 1994 of a heart attack. Wow. Yeah. And that destroyed her. I mean, that was the love of her life. Oh, and, yeah. And, you know, um, and right after that, her brother, Todd, yeah. died. Okay? Is this now, the remember? same brother that yes. got beat up by Sid Vicious? Yes, got the bottle broken <laughs> over his head. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um... She was kind of at a crossroads. Uh, what was she going to do with the rest of her life, with her kids and all this? In 96, she moves back to New York City. And she toured briefly around that time with Bob Dylan just to kind of get acclimated yeah. to being back on the road. Um, she was good friends with Michael Stipe of R.E.M. And also uh, the famous writer Allen Ginsberg. She was friends with him for a long time. And both of them basically... You know, got her to get, got her in a room and said, "Listen, you need to go back on the road again." Did I tell you my um, Patty Smith story? No. Huh? Tell me. I will tell you my Patty Smith. So there was there was years she was uh, doing a recording at Hell's Kitchen, right? And I what went, year was this? Oh man, this got to be like I was working. I was working for a place called Tell Dynamics, and we were installing the phone system for this little studio. I forgot what the hell. And she's in there with her band. And I fucking cut the fucking uh, air conditioning wire so they couldn't finish whatever that we recorded that day. <laughs> and I remember the back. It's too hot in there. It's too hot in there. Oh, it was shit. me. I that did was... it. <laughs> I love it. I guess it was too Patty, hot. Patty, if you're watching, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, it's pretty nice. Nice. We can't finish it. We gotta go somewhere else. <laughs> This oh, is a she's, she's fucking pretentious anyway, so fuck. Yeah. Anyway. So, uh, she moves back to New York and she's, 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 whoa. So, they decide to, she's going to go back on tour. Uh, she releases an album called Gone Again in 1996. And there's a song on there called About a Boy, which was a song about Kurt Cobain. Oh, shit. She also would cover Teen Spirit later on. She would do that song. Yeah. Um, she released a bunch of albums after that, uh, Peace to Noise, Gung Ho in 2000, and at that point there was a re-kind of uh, invigoration, a re uh, an interest in her music, they were coming out with box sets of her stuff, yeah. um, I have a really great box set, it's like uh, the first four albums and then the fifth album, Dream of Life, and then like a, a best of, wow. yeah, it's great, a lot of like, you know, book, you know, good pictures and everything in there. Um, in April of 2004, she would come out with the album Trampin', which I actually bought. Yeah. I didn't buy any of these other albums, but uh, I actually bought that album because I like the song Trampin'. Yeah. And that, that album kind of grew on me a little bit. And I'm like, yeah, it's a pretty good album. Um, at that point, she was starting to do the Horses album from beginning to end. Oh, we like, yeah, like concert? She, yeah, like live she would do Horses and then some other songs like right yeah. after that. And it was the first time they ever did that. 
I think there's a live album you can get of that as well. You know, um, I think that was, I think the Horses was one of her best albums. But the new album, that's a very good album that came out, and it had some pretty good songs on it. It's, a, I mean, to me, it's it's a desert island disc. You gotta have that you gotta album. Have it. You know, I, my my personal favorite is the second one, uh, but that's just me. I've always been different. Yeah. But like, if, if I was gonna suggest anything, I would say you know, get Horses. You gotta at least hear that. Yeah. <coughs> um. The French government would uh, realize her appreciation for the, uh, the poet Arthur Rimbaud. Oh, yeah. And they would give her some awards she in 2005 for that. She also got an award for that book that she wrote. Just Kids. Just Kids. Yeah. Uh, she got an award, I think she got the, the book award of the year for Just Kids that she wrote with the guy that she promised we are going to write a book together and yeah. talk about. You know the, the chronicles and stuff. How they exactly. met. I mean, and, and she would do a sequel. She would do a sequel uh, called M Train, which I haven't read yet. Actually, have you ever read that? Did you read Just Kids? No. <laughs> <laughs> October fifteenth, two thousand six. I was there. CBGBs. Oh, that last was the last night. night. Last yeah. night. I was there, packed in like a fucking sardine. Okay. I had just I was, started college. I was, I was 18. Was, no, no. Here. I was still in Chicago. Okay. I was outside smoking weed. <laughs> I, smoked, I smoked weed. I smoked weed and then I went in. All right. Maybe I smoked weed right next to you. Who knows, Rob? <laughs> Good. Yeah. I remember that. It was a historic night. Yeah. She played for three hours. Okay. And uh, I'll never forget that because... Uh, she had all these guest musicians come up, and it was just, you know, it was a sad night because it was the end of the club. Yeah. You know? In uh, March of 2007, she would get the glory and yeah. get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. I was going to bring that up. Yeah. I know you hate it when I bring that up, but it also... Yeah, you know, I mean, I hate it, but it happened, and it's good, you know. And here when I give you another stack. <laughs> All this is Tina's fault. Yeah. We love you, but we're hating on you right now. Yeah, don't call. Yeah, don't call back, please. Yeah, please. Okay. All right, so let's so go. She gets into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2007. Uh, the whole place gets on stage and those people have the power at the end of the night. And, uh, at that, you know, since that point, uh, she's really kind of, like, taken off with, like, Photography yeah. and painting and writing. Uh, in 2010, she wrote a memoir called Just Kids. We've been talking about it a little yeah. bit. And it was basically about her time in 1970s New York City and her relationship with Robert Maplethorpe. And it, 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 it's a great book. I mean, everybody should read this book. Um, in June of 2012, she would release an album called Banga, and it was the critical acclaim. And in 2018, uh, there was a documentary that made the Tribeca Film Festival about her called Horses, Patti Smith and Her Band. And um, you know, in um, the top 100 greatest performers of all time, she is ranked in the Rolling Stone magazine as number 47. You think that's a good number? Well, I think 47 is actually a proper yeah, number. I'd put She's definitely in the top 50. She's yeah, definitely in the top 50. Because yeah. she's just been around for so long and had so many hits and no, shit. I mean, Patty Smith is is, is is somebody that everybody should see like once. Yeah. At yeah, least, you know, just to say they I saw her recording, so I had that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she fucked up her recording. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, album of the week. 
All right. It's gonna for me. It's gonna be Radio Ethiopia. Radio Ethiopia. Uh, and I think I, you know if you have horses and you don't have Radio Ethiopia, you should get it. It's a good. It's a good companion piece to it. You know, there's a lot of tracks on there that you might not have heard because. It, it, they kind of they kind of suffered from that like sophomore jinx yeah. almost where the second album is a little tougher to do yeah, yeah, you know yeah. but I actually think it's 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 actually better in, in a lot of ways oh yeah than, than horses I mean I love horses it's not putting down horses but there's just something about it that I always turn to that album maybe it's the production maybe it's just the songwriting I don't know you know but uh, you should check it out I will check it out and um. Now let's get to our special guest, yeah. the Broken okay. Time Machine. Broken Time Machine. <laughs> yes. So we're here with Adriana, and uh, she is the singer of Broken Time Machine. And basically, uh, she's described it on her Facebook as an Americana roots, rock, blues, soul, and live party music. <laughs> I ripped that off. I ripped that off your Facebook. Okay. How do you, um, now, how do you now, come up with that name? The well, the yeah. thing is, they were already established when oh, I came into it. So okay. they had been performing as Broken Time Machine. They had another singer, but they were a cover band when I started. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so they asked me to do a show with them, like sing like a song or two that like, you know, they knew, a cover song, right? right? And um, it was probably like almost like two and a half, maybe almost three years ago at this point, like when I did my Has first show. Them, like when I started with them, yeah. Okay. And so went on stage. Uh, well, the funny thing was, so I'm looking through this whole like giant book of covers that they know, right? right. And I maybe knew like one or two of the fucking songs. But at that time, I had been working on um, my own rendition of House of the Rising Sun, right? Yeah, and I'm like, did. okay, this is a great opportunity to yeah. like, play it with... Um, a band. Yeah, a band. And so, <laughs> we're working on it, we're working on it, and it's like just not coming together, right? Um, and I remember, like, it was the day before the show, and like I had, re like, I had to rehearse with them. And then, but I also had to go to like a birthday party like earlier that day. It was like a booze cruise. Right. <laughs> so I show up to rehearsal, wasted. Oh, right? And um, so they're like, okay, we're going to run your songs. And then the band director, who's also the keyboardist, yes. one of the founding members, he was like, listen, it's not coming together. You know, I'm going to like lower it an octave. And if you can't do it, we're just going to cut it, right? And so I am so upset. I'm on the verge of tears. Right? Oh. <laughs> so we start doing it. And I just like, everything goes out the window. I just do whatever and it came together. Yeah. I to this day don't remember because I was so fucking drunk what I did. But he was like, <laughs> you know, that works, it's in. And I'm like, yay, what the fuck did I just do? It was House of the right. Rising Sun. Yes, it was House of the Rising yeah. Sun. And that has become one of our standards. We yeah. like end every show with I think it. You, when I saw you, you ended the show. Yeah, that, right? yeah. Yeah, that was pretty amazing. And so, um, so we do that first show, it's really successful. And they asked me to join the band, right? They were like, yeah, you know, we'd love it if you join the band. Now, they already have a singer, right? They're going to toss her out. No, 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 it was a guy. It was a guy. Yeah, and so they were like, you know, we could have two lead singers, you know, because they were on this whole jam band shit. And so I was like... You saw what happened to the cars, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah but they would be able to tell the difference between the two. You know? <laughs> and so I um, I said, okay, like, yeah, like, I'm interested in joining the band, but I don't want to be in a cover band. Right, and I had gotten back from New Orleans a couple months prior, 
you know, and so I had some songs that I had written in New Orleans, not my time in New Orleans. I was like, you know, I have some original songs, you know, what I would, I would like to do more originals than covers, right? And so, like, one of the first shows, like, I did with them, like, um, after that initial, like, cover show, is when we tried out our originals. Right. And so, you know, having two lead singers never works. No, it usually doesn't. <laughs> and so, you know, the egos get going. Yeah. And, then who's the lead singer of the part? Rick Ocasek or Ben Orr, depends on who you ask. <laughs> so who was, who do you think? Rick Everybody goes, and to this day, I would swear, even though the other guy sang, you, would, you wouldn't know the song. I would song. think, yeah. but we would never tell the difference between you and, because yes. both of those guys sound almost the same. They did, think yeah, about it. Yeah, that was the thing, me and him sound nothing the yeah. same, and so it could have worked, because we were so different, it could have yeah. been a cute little balance, but it did not, and so, you know, he was, I won't say tossed out. <laughs> he left. He, he, yes. was, he, he, he was nudged when it, when it in a different direction. Yeah, and so that it kind of just became me um, as a singer. And so, you know, it went from the whole jam band style thing that they were doing to yeah. a more polished, you know. Rock and roll? Rock and roll. Yeah. <laughs> I got I to tell you, um, I knew you could sing, okay, <laughs> but... Billy the Artist told me that he caught you. He is the okay. best hype man ever. And Shout I out said, to Billy the and, Artist. And, and we Billy were sitting in an bar one day and, and getting lit up as usual. And, and he was he was raving about it. So I just saw her play and blah, blah, blah. blah. And then you, you were going to play uh, The Red Room over at KGB. Right? This was like in the beginning of May, I think it was. Somewhere. Yeah, Middle yeah. May, right? So I said it was a Friday night. So I'm like, all right, I'll go check it out. And you blew me away. No, really, you did. And I don't get blown away. I really don't. And and, and you did. And uh, you, you did a lot of covers, but the originals that you did, and I got to ask you about this one song, because uh, I didn't get the name of it, I think, when you, when you that night when you were playing it. Um, you said you wrote it in the airport. Right? Yes. Okay. What's the name of that song? It's called Jameson. Jameson, right? Yeah. It's about drinking Jameson. Jameson. No wonder I like the song. No wonder. That's right. That's right. So, well, what's like, the story of that song? Well, so I went down to New Orleans, right? And I just I went down there, the you know, change the scenery, get some inspiration. Yeah. You know. Good place. Yeah. And um. I go there to get lumped up. Well, yeah, I inadvertently went down there during Jazz Fest. I didn't know it was Jazz Fest. Jazz Fest is a great time. Yeah, I went down there during Jazz Fest. It's actually better than going there during Jazz Fest than Mardi Gras. It was so much fun. Absolutely. And that was when Prince died. Prince died during Jazz Fest. Yeah, right. yeah. Yes, he did, yeah. yeah. And so... He got his guitar right now as we go to the museum the Met. He got his guitar yeah. there. It's a fucking beautiful piece. You should go. Have you gone to that? No, too? I didn't go, go there yet. Yeah, I'm going to go. Just go there, bring so you bring your New York City idea. It just donate like five bucks. That's what I need. Okay. So being down there during Jazz Fest, Prince is dying. So there was so like much happening like yeah. in the city at that time. And, um, you know... <laughs> I was supposed to go down there for four days. I ended up staying for ten. Wow. <laughs> so I was very lumped up. Did you know I missed several Charlie? flights. No, I didn't know Charlie. Oh. I missed several flights though. Trying to get <laughs> too lumped up. And so I um like uh, I had an early morning flight out of New Orleans. So I just right. stayed up all night getting lumped up. Show up at the airport. Wasted. Wasted. <laughs> you ever been like so drunk you're deaf? It was like yes. that. 
And so my hair was purple at the time. It's called Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> so my hair was purple at the time, you know, Prince. Wednesday night. night. <laughs> and um, you know, they probably shouldn't even let me on the flight. But I think my only saving grace was the purple hair. Because everyone was like, oh, you dyed your hair for Prince. Like, oh, you're a fan, right? You're a fan. No one's going to say, no, I'm not Prince. No. Of course I was. But my hair had been purple for like four months. It just so happened that during that time. He conveniently um, died because of your hair. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, on the way back, like, you know, I had some, like, notes and, like, little, like, poems and ideas that I had scribbled when I was down there in um, New Orleans. And then, like, on the flight, because I had to fly to Dallas Fort Worth, then to New York. Holy shit. So, and I got stuck though. in Dallas for an hour. Yeah. I glitched with the plane and shit. And so, during that time, I ended up writing Jameson. Like about like you know my time in New Orleans and my people I've met down there. There's, there's a line in that song. I'm a little lumped up something. Oh, I, <laughs> I forget what it is, but it's, it's fucking hilarious what you say. Give me a line. Ah, uh, but like from chorus, like yeah. blood, Jameson, and tears. That's all you ever bought me. Yeah, yeah. That's the one. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. Blood, blood, Jameson, and tears. That's, that's all Jameson you ever brought me. Yeah. I was like, to the, it brings me to the floor, right? Yeah. <laughs> great line. Great line. That is a great line. Now, seeing you that night. Uh, you did a cover of Delta Dawn. Yes. Tanya Tucker, right? Yes. Which is one of my all-time favorite country songs. Yeah. Okay, and I was actually shocked. I mean, you really well, you, you did it. Country music, like I. I'm, is it a big influence on you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm from the Midwest. Right. Um, and you know, Patsy Cline actually is one of like, I, the I, biggest music influences. I love Patsy Cline. That's a like, Especially as a like vocalist and stuff. And yeah, I love Patsy Cline. Like I, actually, I, I like old school country, like Patsy you know, Cline. You know who was a Dolly huge, Parton. Like, you know who was a huge Patsy Cline fan that like nobody knows? Oh, Lemmy. Oh, see, what? see, like you know, I, it, like it, Lemmy. It, <laughs> I mean, Lemmy loves Patsy Cline. Wow. Okay. Yes, like let me also yeah. a big like oh, it, like influence on me as well. Yeah. So, like yeah, I love that stuff. Let me ask you a question: When are you guys performing again? August second. Where? August second uh, at yeah. the Red Room. Okay. The Red um, Room, August second. What yes. what day is? What day that is, day? is a Friday. Okay. Um, make it a point we are playing with another band called Midnight Moan. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they're they're kind of like you know, kind of similar to us, like bluesy. Okay. Um, yeah, they're. Uh, I think they're on at nine, and then we go on at like ten thirty, eleven. So. Now I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna put you on the spot. Here. Okay. Uh, <laughs> just a little bit. Go back to Patty Smith for a second. Okay. Yeah. Now Patty Smith is always considered to be. Pioneer, feminist, and rock and roll, this and that. But she she didn't always kind of accept that 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 title. No. Okay. Um, there's a quote from her, and I want you to tell me what you think of it. Okay. Now she was asked her opinion about the sexualization of women in music. Okay, and this is what she said. She said, pop music has always been about the mainstream and what appeals to the public. I don't feel it's my place to judge, but I have a son and a daughter, and people always talk to me about feminism and women's rights, but I have a son too. I believe in human rights. 
Yeah. What do you think of that? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, as, as a woman playing music, mm. how do you feel about that? I mean, is, is it, you're, you're, you know, you do get sexualized yeah. in a way, right? Mm -hmm. To a point, right? Yeah, a lot of the time you do. Yeah. yeah. I think it's unavoidable. Yeah, it comes with the territory. Yeah, it's unavoidable. I think, and, you know, I think a lot of feminists probably hate that to some degree, that they're being sexualized, but it's part of the whole thing, I right? You accept it, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it yeah. comes with the territory. Like, like even, um, you know, that, that young singer who's really hot right now, Billie Eilish. Yes. Right, Eilish, whatever. Eilish, yeah. Like she's uh she's like seventeen. Yeah, young, right? You know, yeah, and yeah. everyone talks about you know she wears baggy clothes and all this. She's almost androgynous, right? Well, really like they of... they asked her, you know, like about her style, and she yeah. said she was like, I do that, so there's no confusion. There's no like, so she won't be sexualized. She was like, so I won't be judged about my body, whether I'm too skinny or too fat, like whether I have a fat ass right. or a flat ass, you know, so. She won't be sexualized, but I mean, she's still like, you know, is creating this like curiosity, like what does she look like under all that? You right. know, she's I seventeen. Think, I think yeah. it's, like, but it's know, unavoidable. Yeah, you're gonna be, yeah, you're gonna be curious. Just what happened? Yeah, you know, and people handle it in different yeah. ways. So let's just say again, August second. August second. Broken time machine, Broken time machine at, the at the Red Room. At the Red Room. Where is the Red Room at? It is above KGB Bar. Yeah. KGB Bar on Fourth Street. Yeah, so the Fourth Street between Second and Third. It's not that comedy. Major comedy. Is it like no, no. There? So the comedy is like down That's in the basement. Down, yeah. yeah. And then this the first a, floor is the, the theater. Floor. Okay. Second floor is the bar. Third floor is the Red Room. Okay. It's a, it's a nice little cooking. spot. Yeah, There's is. some tables and, you know, it's good to hang out. Do they have uh, alcohol there? Of course. Yes. Oh, I right. <laughs> have yeah, a good. lot of alcohol. A lot of alcohol. Oh, good. 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 Next time I see you, I will drink Jameson. Jameson. Got some upcoming shows to talk about. Yeah, that's oh, all about. Oh, yeah, actually. Um, yeah. July 9th yeah. uh, at the Hard Swallow, we're doing an acoustic night. Uh -huh. Um, I, I will be hosting it. Okay. I will not be performing. You know, I'm giving other people a chance to shine. But it, it's a fun night. Is that a Tuesday? It's a Tuesday night. You know, it goes from about like 9, 9.30 till midnight. You know, with some local talent showing out. So it, it's a fun night. I talked with Lee about this. Yeah. He's, he wants me involved. Not that night, but mm. yeah, coming up now. I will be doing a few uh, live uh, I might be emceeing something. Yeah, I'm not sure yeah, yet. Sure. You know, we'll see. Absolutely. It's all in the works right yeah. now. Yeah. But he's trying to get something for Tuesday night. And, you know, I got I got to give him props because there's so few places for bands. Exactly. There's no places. If, if, you, if, if he can get a Tuesday night with some band there and, yeah, the and first we can one promote did it. really well. Yeah. I got lumped up in the first yeah, one. Yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was successful everybody around for the yeah. performers, you know, they you know, all did really well. That, it was a good night. That podcast that I did there got over a hundred no, it got two hundred views on Facebook. It wasn't that long, right? It was pretty no, long. No, no, I mean yeah. it's a Tuesday night. You know, you can't be like fucking headbanging I mean, all night. No, yeah, I, I did about forty minutes. Was it forty minutes? Yeah. <laughs> I'm me losing my fucking mind. <laughs> so I got some upcoming shows to talk about with everybody. July 20th, the Moody Suzuki are playing Mercury Round Lounge. Okay, well, oh, I gotta get, how much do I owe you for? Um, so for D? Yeah, I gotta give you, I'll give you I money think, this weekend. I think it's about $85 right. or something like that. I'll pay you this uh, Sunday, July 7th, will be the, the day that we're going to broadcast this show. Baby Shakes. 
Okay, it's playing uh, Wicked Lady in Brooklyn on Morgan Avenue. Okay. It's a nice little bar. I've been there. Um, on the 10th, Wednesday the 10th, Lydia Lunch is doing a spoken word. Okay? And Ooh, I'm such an at? asshole, I forgot to write where that was. Where is it? I was going to say, that sounds All right, good. look right. up Lydia Lunch on July 10th. You know, she July comes 10. to the bar, she went to the international drive with, 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 with Billy. Billy. With Billy. Yeah, yeah. 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 I would have shit my pants if I would have come to August 10th, CJ Ramon is playing at the Bowery Electric. He's great. His solo stuff is great. And uh, going back to July, July 12th, at Pier 17 is the Psychedelic Furs, if you want to get your gay ass new wave on. <laughs> but I like them, they're alright, they got some um, So, um, I think the next episode we're going to do, do we know what are we going to cover in the next one? Did we say anything? Um, we did Patty Smith. Um, I think you want to do the Buzzcocks? Sure. What do you think? Next episode? Definitely. Next Sunday? It's either, I'll give it's, you a choice. The special, the jam, the dead penny, or the bus car. What's it? Specials? Yeah. Well, let's, let's do the bus car. Alright, so we'll do the bus car. Um, so, how can they reach you? How can they, <laughs> like, if they need to reach you to, uh, to book you or have band for a gig or something? Um, our Instagram is btmnyc underscore nyc. Um, is it? No, it's broken underscore time machine underscore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> NYC. Oh shit. Love's up. Yes, love's up. Or um, the broken time machine on Facebook. Yeah. We're very active on Facebook. So, so if they want to book you yes. or for anything, yes. except for Bar Mitzvah, they don't yeah. do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, or you could like just message me directly. Oh, you could call them for a wedding. Uh, <laughs> only weddings. <laughs> You could go to the hard swallow. Yes, or just go to the hard swallow. Yeah. I'm always coming. Uh, That's a good question. Uh, well, I'm working. Um, well, I do Saturday, 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. Sunday, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. And then Tuesday night. The breakfast show. Yes, the breakfast show. And then Tuesday nights, 8 to 4 a.m. Did you see the best the best show or the buffet show? I said the <laughs> buffet show. Yes. Oh. And I make amazing Bloody very Mary. Respectful, yeah. <laughs> Never. And she's quite the entertainer in the yes. morning. Because she's been already up for 62 hours and she's ready to go. <laughs> so you people used to get, used to get me lumped up at yeah. Oh yeah, I did. Everyone was fun. And um, we're, we're doing the show today for a different location. We're actually at um, 7B. 7B. 7B today. Uh, the and this show, we're putting up Sunday. Look for it Sunday. I got to do a little bit of editing because Tina motherfucking Yeah, fucking it. Tina. Jesus Christ. And Boogie Lives. Boogie, Boogie Lives. Because you know he's coming in Sunday. We got to give him a shot. So remember, people. Oh, Mike, how can I get in contact with you? <laughs> Well, you can get me on uh, Instagram, rockamike212. Yep. You can find me on Twitter, rockamike3. Or you can find me on Facebook under Michael Baker, which is my Christian name. His Christian name, his real name, his American name, goddamn right. it. That's right. And I, I just ordered my new Betsy Ross shirt that I'll be oh, wearing to piss it out of the world. <laughs> I wonder if there's any like bootleg Betsy Ross sneakers around. Oh, I got the five thousand dollars a piece. Oh, oh, Lord. Lord. Did they make a few? Oh, I, I got three out of the. Fuck I got you. three out of China. I got two <laughs> straight from China. <laughs> 
So people, don't forget, fuck you, we love you. Don't get, get drunk, drunk, get, get lumped up. up. <laughs> Thank you for coming out.